What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Rodas. I don't even know why I'm in such a great mood today. When you get slapped in the face, Adam, by MLB saying they're canceling the first two series uh, because of the uh, of this lockout and the lack of an agreement, uh, and yet I'm still on the optimistic side and I'm still in a good mood. They can't they can't bring me down, Adam. I just won't let. Them. Uh, yeah, I've been following this. I was up late last night. They were negotiating uh, Monday night into uh, very, very late. I was like, come on, man. I don't want to stay up till 6 a.m. Eastern. And finally at 2.30 a.m. Eastern. All right. Making progress. We'll resume tomorrow. And then, of course, on Tuesday, deadline comes. And they've already said they will cancel the first two series of the season. So now the earliest the season can start is April 7th. But obviously, as days goes by, that gets further. So... Uh, we just got to hope that they come to their senses and a deal is agreed upon. But, you know, definitely was not a good day today. They can still like. Bowden and I were talking about this, Jim Bowden from the Fantasy Alarm Show on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Um, you know, he and I were talking about this and, you know, legitimately he put the uh, he put the date at March 3rd. I said I won't get, you know, all down in the mouth until Sunday. Uh, at 11:59, but if if a deal is reached, still by the end of the week, they can put those games back on the calendar, and they can still play, and they'll still get a full spring training. Uh, you know, three and a half weeks instead of the full four, but they'll still be able to do it. So I'm still, I'm just, I'm still erring on the side of optimism. But I will say this, man, my opinion of all of this, Adam, is probably one of the most unpopular out there right now like when you got jeff passan who's like you know player 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 right and and everybody you know shitting on the owners and stuff like that my philosophy on this is everybody else out there in the world gets theirs right everybody out there is selfish everybody wants to know what's in it for them so you know what man for me i want my baseball season that's what i want and if the players lose this negotiation and uh and the and the owners dig in their heels and and, you know, whatever, and, and we don't get a, a reasonable or fair compromise, but I get my season. I don't give a shit, man. I'm sorry that, that you know, with, with the players, I really am. But I said this earlier on the on the radio today. This is not this is not Norma Ray fighting for women's rights. This, you know, this this isn't the United Auto Workers, like, you know, striking because they have shitty conditions in the factories. Right. That's not what this is. This is baseball players looking for, you know, a bigger piece of the pie that they're already getting. They're already getting a, a decent amount. Like, I mean, we see these contracts that go out. And no, nah, see, you're looking at the top end. You're not wait, looking wait, at wait, the bottom listen, end. Let me finish. Okay. Let me finish. The league minimum still uh, an insane rate, right? They're, they're talking about I mean, they're making like 600 grand a year, Adam. Do you want to make 600 grand a year? You can get See, people do this all the time. You cannot compare this to the average person. The whole teachers, all teachers underpaid. Teachers don't have 50,000 people in the stands watching them, buying their jerseys, watching them on TV. It's Correct. different. You can never compare that. These players are fighting for what they deserve. Go look at Aaron Judge and what he has made. It's an absolute fucking joke, okay? He's made like no fucking money. He's got to wait until he becomes a free agent. So- all these guys in their first six, seven years are making nothing. That's what they're fighting for. You could tell me Soto's contract or what he's going to get in Tatis. That's great. That's not a huge percentage of the players. And these owners are keeping the money. 
They're not investing it in the teams. They're making profits and they're acting like they're not. I know. I, I completely understand that. And I don't disagree with you one bit. I don't. I'm just not going to sit here and like, you know, mope about the players not getting theirs. Because listen, bottom line is coming into this, this, this whole CBA negotiation, the owners have all the cards. They have all the leverage. They can, they get, they don't give a shit. Okay. We won't play the season. All right. That's fine. Like that's, that's, that's what the owners have. The players have been behind the eight ball the entire time. And, and, you know, listen, they, and they have the, the only real leverage that they have is that they, they, they just, they don't play, but this is MLB locking them out. So it's not even a question of that. So this is a question of, you know, players aren't playing. They're not going to get paid. They have to make a decision. Do we continue to play and continue to earn our wage or do we deal, you know, do we dig our heels in? Now, listen, I think in all honesty, and again, this is something that Jim and I talked about, the owners need to, to raise the CBT. They, nef- they, they need to do it. And Jim, Jim and I both said, you know, we're talking about 240 instead of the 220 that it is right now is not a big move for the owners to do. And if they do it, then, then, I, think, then I think we get a deal done. But if they don't and they're digging their heels in, what are the players going to do? They're going to choose to not play and they're not going to earn their money. And that's and, and, and me as a as a selfish person, I want my baseball season. So, you know, I'm sorry, players, that you're not getting yours, but I prefer to have a season. So, you know, I'm not going to be upset if this if this turns into, you know, ownership, strong arming the players. But the players are just going to they're going to still play anyway. They're not going to make they're not going to get what they asked for, but they're still going to play. I'm happy because I get a season and I'm sorry if that's a dick thing to say, but I you know, that that's me. I've invested my fucking life in baseball. I do it for a living. Right. I do. You know, I not play the game, but I, I you know, it's it's, you know, part of my my you know analysis and what I cover. So baseball is a huge part of it. But I've invested my fucking life in this game. Right. I grew up, you know, six subway stops away from Yankee Stadium for crying out loud, right? I, I baseball has been everything to me for the years. And fantasy baseball, I mean, come on, man! For the last two decades, fantasy baseball has like, you know, paid for my life and and paved the way for me. So I just want the fucking season. And I'm sorry if that's a dick thing to do, but you know, again, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna cry uh, over the the players. I just want my fucking game. No, I think most people feel that way. They just want the game to be played, but at the same time, they understand the player's perspective and what they are, because the players want to play. I mean, they're all vocal about it. I mean, they're being locked out, and mm-hmm. it felt like they were doing more, because um, I think basically the baseball owners, what happened on Monday night was a PR move. I think they had no intention of making a deal, and they made it seem like, okay, yeah, we're, we're close, we're agreeing, we're willing to talk, and they knew that they weren't going to budge. So they were trying to make it look like they were cooperating, and I think they knew that they weren't going to budge. And look, I think everyone, any fan would be like, all right, whatever is done. In the end, right, we don't really care what, what the players are making and everything. Uh, we just want to see the game be played. We want to be entertained. We want to play fantasy baseball. We want to bet on it. So I think most people agree with that, but I also think most people look at it from both sides and feel that the players are uh, are getting screwed here by the owners. They are. They're 100% getting screwed here. 
the question is that that remains is, you know, are you getting screwed enough to say, I won't play and I will forego my salary for, for, you know, as long as this lockout goes on. And I, you know, and I genuinely don't believe that, you know, that the MLB, you know, I, I don't believe that the MLB owners are, you know, I mean, no, I, you know what? I don't even want to say that because I, I don't know. So I'm not even going to kind of speculate on that. I'll just say this. I do believe that the players are getting screwed. I do a hundred percent. And, and I wish more than anything that the, that the owners would stop being a bunch of douches and, and greedy fucks and, and, you know, bend more for the players. That's, that's my wish. That's, that's what I want, but that's, that ain't going to happen. That's just, that's not going to happen. And, you know, how, how badly is that supposed to happen is, is basically how long, this lockout's going to go for, right? You know, at some point, do the owners turn around and be like, well, maybe we'll bend a little bit here, but they don't need to, and they don't have to. And the sooner the fucking players realize that, then, you know, then, then it happens. Then, then it gets done. I don't know, man. I just, I, again, I'm, I'm saying flat out, uh, I don't give a shit how they get the fucking deal done. Just get the deal done for me. Yeah. I mean, look, I feel that way too. Like we just want baseball back in, you know, what they're doing, though, is ruining, ruining the game because we already know that a lot of young people are not watching like you, me, people in the industry. We're going to be back no matter what that they always have us. But the young generation, like they've already fallen behind. I've seen like um, baseball does a terrible job of marketing their players uh, like Tyler Hero has like more Instagram followers than the stars of baseball. He's the sixth man on Miami Heat. Oh, dude. And NBA, NBA promoting their their players and their product. The best in the way. I mean, listen, I think NBA actually does a better job marketing their players than the fucking NFL does. The NFL is like, yeah, yeah, we got our studs and whatever. But the NBA like that 100 percent. I will definitely agree with you uh, on that. Yeah, and baseball has a tremendous amount of young stars that if they market it correctly, from Otani, Vlad Guerrero, Tatis, Soto, Acuna, I mean, just so many. And I think if the average person wouldn't even know or could identify those guys out of a lineup, but they all can tell you who Kevin Durant is and Trey Young, yeah. uh, right? It's just, I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean, it, that's the problem. That's the thing. Baseball is absolutely losing fans over this. Baseball is definitely losing fans. I listen. Can they get them back? Yeah. I mean, what did it take? It took a it took a steroid driven home home run chase to uh, to bring it back uh, in in you know in the late nineties, right? The chicks dig the long ball. Everybody was like in on that, and everything was great and hunky dory. So now here we are, and we uh, we're gonna have to find going to have to find another way but it's also a different era i mean that was you know now you have so many other things that you can watch you know what i mean so it's a different time uh, again and it's it's for young young kids it's really hard to get them in you need to get the chief marketing officer of mlb to like once the cba works out then the cmo of mlb needs to grab and I mean, you know, grab and and build a huge campaign around Tatis, Soto, Turner, Bichette. Go to go to the top. Go to your your fucking your top five draft picks in uh, in a draft right now. You get those guys because they're young, they're marketable, 
They're talented. You know, Tatis is all personality. Bichette with the long flowing locks. Soto's just an outright beast. You build a campaign around centers around those five as like the the center, the epicenter of uh, of promotion for MLB, and you get it done. Throw Vladdy Jr. in there, Ronald Acuna in there, splash a pitcher or two in there. You you can get them back. People will. People are forgiving, and we saw that you know in in the nineties, right? Then we have a we had a we had a, a work problem and a labor issue in nineteen ninety, right? They canceled the first week of the season. They gave it back later on, but I mean, you know, they can't do that now just because of the uh, the interleague shit. But you know, you're looking at a it, it it you can come back from it. You can do it. It might take a little time, but I definitely think that it's a a, a strong possibility. Well, well, it depends on how long this goes on. Yeah. Oh, it definitely depends on how long this goes on. No doubt about it. No. I mean, what? So there's a chance that they talk again on Thursday, right? Is that what they said? Uh, yeah, I believe that was what they were saying. Okay. I mean, listen. I, you know, it's. I think it's doable. I definitely think it's doable. Um, in order to get something done, uh, this week, and again, see what happens. They reconvene on Thursday. We'll see. You know, but again. To me, you know, I, I just want the full season. And again, I'm, I apologize to people if they think I'm being an asshole to owner, you know, to to the players. But I, I'm sorry, man. I'm not. I'm not fucking crying a river here for the uh, for the players. And I know I can't compare it to teachers or United Auto Workers and stuff like that. But you know what? For all intents and purposes, I kind of can. I kind of can. You know, I mean, we're, what we're looking at here, what, you know, what Bowden explained to everybody, uh, because there are some people who don't really understand even what the CBT is or why the ownership, you know, why the owners aren't budging on that. And they're, they're, they haven't budged one bit. Right. Because that's that's putting a salary cap in play. And, you know, if you raise it too much. Then you're giving you're giving the power to the the big teams that are spending money, Yankees, Red Sox, um, Dodgers, right? Like those teams that have like these crazy high payrolls, you're you're allowing for more of that uh, by raising it. So in essence here, while there's no salary cap per se, raising the CBT, the luxury chat tax threshold, is in, in a sense doing that for those big teams. So you can take your parity, and you can stick it up your ass. That ain't going to happen. Is there, there's never going to be parity, though. The Pirates, these teams are just never going to spend. They're never going to spend. They're never going to spend. So, again, if you raise the CBT, which should be raised for inflationary reasons, for the amount of revenue that comes in, the CBT should be raised because those, you know, like, like you said, owners aren't putting the money on, in, into the players. They're putting the money into their pockets, right? Yeah, so you know what's crazy is like people don't realize this. There's actually been more champions over like the last 15 years than in the NFL. There's been eight different champions over the last eight years in baseball. It's not like there's one or two teams dominating the sport. We're seeing, I mean, Kansas City Royals won a World Series. Dodgers, yeah. Nationals, Braves, Cubs. I mean, Giants. It's been spread out. There's been no, I mean. Yankees have won one time since 2001. 
Yeah. Well, because, you know, you've got that. It's one of those things, though, that where, where the luxury tax comes through. You know, since the last CB, it was the last one that, that was negotiated. Um, I think Jim said it was the Yankees and the Padres were the only two teams to kind of go above that. That threshold in order, you know, and, and ended up paying the taxes, you know, to to make that happen. So. You know, I mean, it is it is sort of, you know, it's it's helping establish the fact that we have eight different World Series champions here in the in the last eight years. Kind of helps it, doesn't it? Well, yeah. And these are these are some of the things that pro people who are pro player aren't really seeing or aren't really looking at it in, in that degree. Like, you know, I mean, like any argument, you can throw the pros and the cons out there for, for both sides uh, and make it happen. Right? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah. Eight, cha- eight, eight, eight champions teams in, in eight the last years. eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you had the Red Sox and the Giants, two teams who, you know, Again, the giant, you know, the Giants didn't throw a bunch of money at that. No, they have, they're very good at finding these cheap players and turning them around. I mean, last year was the epitome of that. Well, I mean, they they ran it back like that basically because they ended up, you know, after winning it in t- 2010, they just gave everybody who was still there big contracts to to do it. Like, I remember Aubrey Huff, fucking Aubrey Huff, got a two year deal. Uh, he was 137 years old. He got a two-year deal after 2010 just so that the Giants could make a, a, a run at, at running it back. And you know what? They almost did. In, this, in 2012, they actually did it. So, you know, yeah. I mean, that's listen, that's not, you know, it's not the usual paycheck baseball that that you see. So maybe maybe the, the lower CBT is uh, it's pretty good. But again, for revenue purposes, if you're doing it in comparison to the revenue that the team is bringing in, you just need to naturally elevate that in order to, you know, account for different inflationary, you know, inflation uh, stuff, stuff. That's my that's my technical term stuff. Good term. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's uh, it's fucking frustrating, dude. It definitely, definitely is frustrating. Right. I, I just I don't know, man. I'm I'm as a fantasy analyst, Adam, I'm digging my heels in and I'm not succumbing to the 365 for nfl just yet i filled up with with callers today bringing in their their favorite breakout player for mlb jim and i filled up a a best ball draft that's gonna you know we're gonna just do it it's gonna be a slow draft and people we had that we had the fucking phone lines jammed up throughout the entire show people want their baseball so people love drafting that's why oh everybody yeah well of course you do of course you do. Why, you know, but like, so why wouldn't you? Why would you? You could sit and wait for, you know, bullshit USFL leagues. Well, no, I think so. I think with home leagues, so I have a date. I'm leaving it for now. I'm going to wait and see what happens. I'm not ready to push it back. You're bringing a date to your home league draft. What the fuck is that? Yeah, man, I got to show off. <laughs> you throw a little arm candy on, you walk into the draft. Do you walk into your home league draft? Um, yeah. Oh, is it in person or is it online? No, it's not. It's online. Oh, well then, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll bring a date, right? As long as I can hear the, the, the bell ring yeah. as far as when my pick is. Uh, so I'm leaving the date for the draft as is right now I, until there's further news. What's the date? 
March 26th. Oh, yeah. I mean, this that's fine. That's definitely fine. But I will push it back. If we start to get like, hey, we're going to miss a month, then yeah, then I'm going to push it back. I'm not against that. I'm not against that. You need to be, you know, you need to be flexible as a commissioner. You don't want to force this shit on everybody. We're doing, we, we've got the labor drafts this weekend because, you know, I mean, listen, let's face facts. You know, forget the argument between high stakes and uh, and and industry folks here. The industry, labor drafts and 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 tout wars drafts, people do listen to those and and do build them their strategies around their some of their favorite analysts. I know there, right. there's it's, a ton it's of content. people that follow your picks. Well, it's content. It's also, you know, you we all have a lot of drafts and you try to get those done early because you have your home leagues, high stakes leagues or whatever draft you're in. So um, that's why some of these are done early and spaced out, obviously, labor this week. And then I think tout is two weeks later. Well, my tout draft is Tuesday. I'm in the mixed league draft, so that's Tuesday. So I got two early drafts. My labor auction is Saturday night. Then I got Tout Wars Mixed League draft on Tuesday. So, you know, it, it is a challenge, though, because there's a lot of players. We don't know where they are. And as we've discussed previously, not seeing the guys on the field in the spring, seeing whose velocity is up, who's healthy. Mm-hmm. There's guys who are hurt right now that we have no clue. You just hope that you didn't draft them because your draft could be done. And you're like, all right, spring is starting. Oh, fuck. I got three guys on my team who fucking hurt. I had no idea. <laughs> it is going to be a crazy, crazy, crazy whirlwind to say the least. And I said, I'm in for it. I'm in for it. Again, like I said, I will remain optimistic. I'm not going to root one way or the other for players or or ownership. Get just fucking get the deal done for me and let me have my baseball season. That's all I want. All right. You think I'm like asking for the world here? I'm not. So I'm going to dig my heels in. I'm going to keep running these best ball drafts. We're going to still produce MLB content. I'm not into the KBO. James Grande does did like doing that coverage a little bit. Not Thank great. You, he didn't love it. What? Thank you, James. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> he could do. I, I, I have zero interest in the KBO and I'm going to remain optimistic. Listen, the best ball drafts that, that we're doing at RT Sports, it's $20 entry. Boda and I have already said we will guarantee your 20 bucks. In this in this best ball draft, like you'll still get that that chance at the championship, right? But if they play fewer than 120 games, I'm just gonna you know reach into my pocket and I'm gonna give you your 20 bucks back, right? That's just uh, you know uh, to me it's like I mean we we want to be able to you know root positively and think positively for the season. If that means that I have to like you know cover some people's expenses. Because they're worried, because they're nervous. Well, fuck it, man. I just want my game. I want my game. I want my fantasy baseball, Adam. And I'm going to have it. I'm going to fucking have it. What do you think of that? Yeah, no doubt about it. See? Um, We're going to pause for a little bit here. Say hello to our uh, wonderful sponsors. Thank them for for helping us keep the lights on. When we come back, I'm staying with baseball, motherfuckers. I'm staying with it. We're going to talk about our great fantasy baseball invitationals, see whose draft is slower, mine or Adam's. I really think it's mine. Mine is like when the mad scientist breaks the ether in the Bugs Bunny cartoon and everything's moving slowly. That's what my draft is all about. We'll be right back after this. 
All right, Adam, fan, great fantasy baseball invitational. Um, you have the 13th pick in your draft. How many picks have you made? Six. You made six. So you're ahead of me. Okay. You're ahead of me. We are. Um, we have four picks remaining in the uh, in the fifth round. Where are you in the sixth round? Uh, seven. No, uh, three. Um, nine picks have been made. Nine picks have been made. You have seven picks left in the. Uh, so you're middle of the sixth. We're late fifth. We're 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 still behind. We're still behind, and we just had a massive run of. Uh, second baseman went off the board and I'm a little pissed off because I did want jazz Chisholm with my sixth pick, but he's not making it back to me, not making it back to me. So where are you at? Mr. Uh, big shot, six picks, um, refresh our, refresh our memories as to how you started. Yeah. Luis Robert, uh, at pick 13, Mookie Betts in the second round, mm -hmm. Matt Olson in the third, Lucas Giolito in the fourth, Jorge Polanco in the fifth. And Kettle Marte in the sixth. Polanco in the fifth. Yeah. Talk to me here. I, listen, I've always been a fan of his, but Polanco in the fifth, he's still on the board in my draft right now. Um, yeah, his ADP is right around. Uh, uh, let me see if I can find it because I was looking at the ADPs and uh, he's a guy that's been going higher and higher. So, you know, when you pick 13th, you know, he's not making it back. And uh He's got the second and shortstop eligibility. I've always liked him for years, and we finally saw the power come through last year. And nothing that I've seen uh, in his underlying numbers suggests that it was a fluke. Um, yeah, his ADP in the TGFBI is 71.94. So uh, I kind of took him. Uh, a, a little later, actually. Yeah, yeah. So I looked at it, and I was like, uh, seeing what was on the board there, um, uh, that was my plan if he made it back to take him because um, now I have the ability to put him at second or short. And then obviously with uh, taking Marte after, uh, I'm going to move Marte to second, Polanco to short. Marte also has outfield eligibility, so I can always move him there. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot of good shortstops and middle infielders this year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Polanco had 33 homers last year, uh, 97 runs, 98 RBIs, 11 stolen bases. Uh, he increased his fly ball rate last year. Um, the underlying power looks really good. So, um, yeah, I expect him to hit a, you know, another close to 30 home runs with a solid batting average. So I'm a big fan. Uh, so I thought, uh, was a fine pick there. Uh, yeah. Cause a lot of, I mean, I, I debated that was the, 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 the decision there was, okay, do I go, uh, with a pitcher like Lance Lynn was available and mm -hmm. below his ADP. I like him, but. I was like, you know what, let me build this offense. And then I decided uh, when I came back, I had to decide, am I going to take a pitcher? I mean, there were some good arms that I liked on the, on the sixth, Jose Barrios, Dylan Cease, and they both went right after. Um, but I looked and I said, okay, seeing what's going to come back, uh, I felt like some of the arms I liked better. And I also passed on a closer. I mean, Kenley Jansen was there. But again, this is not – draft champions or draft and hole where you draft your team and that's it. I think that's part of the reason why the closers are moving up so much, but there's a league with that. Um, so I'm just going to hope that one of the closers that I like, maybe I can get around eight, nine or 10 um, and then kind of piece it together. It's kind of what I did. Well, actually, no, last year I went and looked back and I took fucking Kirby Yates last year in like round nine and the guy never even fucking pitched because he got hurt. <laughs>
<laughs> and the same thing in Tower Wars. I took Trevor Rosenthal, a motherfucker got early in the year. And so, so I had both those idiots last yeah. year too. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, all right, I'm taking a closer here. And they both got hurt. So um yeah, I mean great fantasy baseball on Tower. I look back, I finished 15th overall last year and I won my league. So and I look back at my draft. Not that it means like, okay, if you did it last year, it works, but you know, I took Garrett Cole in the first round and then went heavy with bats. I mean, I had Bichette in round two. Devers was a big pick. Otani in round 15 was money. I had uh, Trevor Rogers late. But I did have a lot of picks that that flopped too. Um, Leody Tavares in round 12. What a disaster that was. Um, so there were some bad picks. Um, but are, you, are you looking at your old draft board? No, not now. I was looking at it earlier. I just wanted to see. I'm like, okay. I didn't know I could picks? look at my old draft board. Yeah, you can. Um, if you go to, uh, I think it was my teams, and then where was that button? It was my teams, and then oh shit, where was it? My teams. Oh, if you go to my teams, it goes my historical. Teams. Oh, my historical teams, yeah. and you so can see you, the fucking draft board. Oh my yeah. god! So where did you finish overall in TGFBI last year? TGFBI last year. 17th overall. I beat you, motherfucker. Yeah, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I finished 17th overall and I and I finished second in my league. Oh, you didn't even win your leagues? I I didn't even win my fucking league. 15th overall. You suck. Oh man. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh man. That's just that's just hurtful. Now, how do I see the fucking draft board for that? Uh click on the where it says the great fantasy baseball invitational with the date and draft. And then uh-huh. scroll to the bottom and you can sort the draft by um it's a select team and you can sort it by your team. Just oh shizzles, look at that. I took Keston here in round five. Oof. Oof. Oh, here, Charlie Blackman in, in round seven for me. I had JD Martinez in round seven. I love JD Martinez. I couldn't, I think we probably swap. I thought he was so undervalued last year. I was like, I know he was utility only to start the year. That was part of it, but my goodness. Um, Ooh, I had Ramon Laureano in the ninth round. That's yeah, so he's much. suspended. I mean, he suspended it. Was it 27 games, I think, to start the year? And the more games they missed, that hurts him. He moves yep. down the board. Tell me about it. Soroka, I lost him. Damn. Ooh, but I had Posey in round 14. I you got to love po- that shit. I took Posey in round 18. Ty France in round 21. Yeah, I mean, when you look back, you're like, there's some picture like, oh, my God. what a Yeah, Trevor- Jazz Chisholm in 27. Yeah, I had Trevor Rogers in 24. Um, Jordan Romano in 23. I have a Sale Garcia in 27. He was good last year. Di Sclafani in 29. But there were a lot of uh, McGee in round 19. That really helped me. It helped ease the loss of uh, Kirby Yates. McGee was someone I was very high on last year. But, yeah, I mean, but you, uh, Corey Kluver in round 13. After Jordan in Hicks 11. in round 15. But- yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Oh, you just opened up a whole new door for me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. All right. So so with your team, you've got you've got power. You've got who are your power guys? You got Betts, Betts, Robert, Olsen, Polanco, Polanco. Kettle Marte. So I think, yeah, I think I'm pretty good on power speed, average batting average. I mean, Kettle Marte at 315 last year. He's a really really good average. Yeah, you're good. You're good with speed, too. Uh, Polanco will probably hit like 
280-ish. Olsen, we'll see. He really cut down on the strikeouts, had a solid batting average last year. Uh, Robert obviously hit over 300. I don't expect that again, but he could hit 280, 290. So, yeah, I really don't have any batting average liability now. I think the counting stats will be good. I'm solid in speed. Yeah, obviously I have to work on the pitching now. But, again, it's only through six rounds. So, I could have went safe with Barrios or Cease and, like, get my second pitcher. But I was like, you know what? I I think there's a couple pitchers that might make it back that I like. And looking at the bats, I was like, I don't know. I wasn't really uh, enamored with a lot of the bats that make it back. I mean, if J.D. Martinez makes it back, yeah, I'm probably going to take him. But I don't know if he will. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's been there's been some weird picks so far um, for some teams. Uh, some players going a lot earlier than I thought. So we'll see, though. I mean. It's always fun. I like doing the slow drafts because you kind of think it through and you you look at things. Uh, but I got to get ready because I got an auction on Saturday where I'm going to have no time. And then Tuesday will be my first draft uh, with a clock. So I'm picking one in that. So at least, you know, I have the two picks quick. Um, but, yeah, it's a lot different when you, you're with a clock. You don't have the time to think, map it out, look at things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's why I like doing these. It gives you the prep. You start learning the player pool. You know, you go through things, you know, there's things that you're not going to realize as as you're drafting. It gives you time to look up players. Um, it's not like I take the whole clock. I mean, I, I don't think I've taken more than, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes on a pick. Yeah, people like you and me are not the people who hold up slow no. drafts. I mean, the only time is if, like, I don't know if I'm out somewhere eating or and I'm not playing softball right now. That's for another month or so. So, yeah, if, if I'm on the radio. Um, well, that's probably not. I'm on late at night, so uh, I doubt the clock is usually it's frozen by then or people are not picking. They're sleeping midnight Eastern. But, yeah, I mean, unless it's something. You know, I'm usually on my phone checking stuff, whether it's for betting or whatever. So, yeah, I'm usually up on things uh, and we get the emails. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I look at it. And when I you know, and it's my turn to pick if I'm. You know, sitting around at home and I'm like watching TV or even a movie. I just, you know, tell my wife I just need to pause it. And I, you know, and I take, you know, I, I go and I look and I take my, you know, my time. I'm not like rushing through it. But I mean, it doesn't take me more than like 10 or 15 minutes to like really search and, and thoroughly inspect, you know. So, I mean, I'm 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 right there with you, man. I uh, I dig it. I, I'm a little... I'll tell you, I, I, all right. So, so I start off with Soto and then I took DeGrom, right? So I, you know, I, I, I knew I was going to probably need like a, another starter, just another good, just in case, like if I want to hedge on DeGrom, but in the third round, it came up to me and I was like, dude, I, you know, I, I got Guerrero and Freddie Freeman off the board. Matt Olson was not making his way back to me. I love him. I think he gets traded to either the Yankees or to 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 the the Braves if the if the Yankees sign Freeman. Matt Olson is going to be in a great spot. I love him. And you took him in the third round. I took him in the third round. Um, then it came back to me, and I was like, mm. I didn't really. I wasn't in love with any of the pitchers who were out there, right? And I and I was like, all right, I can build up my you know, my pitching and, you know, you know, in, in the, uh, in the middle rounds or whatever, I need to get some speed. And I didn't, just didn't, there, there's, I don't have any speed. I didn't want to take Aldoberto Mondesi because I, you know, I don't know if he's just, if he's just a one trick pony at this point. Right. So I didn't really, you know, and, and I, and I wondered about whether I should take, you know, like Mark Kettle Marte, 
Um, I, I thought it was still a little early for Jazz Chisholm uh, at that point, and those are the two second basemen that I was looking at. Um, all, all the all the all, you know the the top you know Tim Anderson, Francisco Lindor, those guys are off the board here. So I was like, all right, listen, Randy or Rosarina. I was definitely wrong about him last year, right? I mean, I, I think what we saw in that second half of 2020, or that you know the the shortened season in 2020. I think he's more representative. He's he's gonna power speed, uh, and he's just he's gonna help me contribute. I still need to patch it up, but I needed some stolen bases there, uh, and and I and I and I passed up George Springer, Nick Castellanos, um, Mondesi, Eloy Jimenez, Byron Buxton. I passed up those guys and the second baseman. And I took a Rosarina. Um, you know, I, I I felt okay about it. Um, because again, I needed to splash the speed. I don't need to win the speed category and everybody's been so gung ho about grabbing speed that I, you know, I, I know that I'm going to have to piece it together throughout the draft. And I thought that he was a, a nice spot. Your thoughts on a Rosarina, Adam? Um, I'll take him in the right spot. I think I took him in one draft champions. I took him in TGFBI last year. He's kind of a weird player because yeah, it feels like you look at some of the underlying stats and you're like, how is he doing this? But he's got the good sprint speed, so he should run. Um, you know, he does strike out quite a bit, but a walk rate's decent. So, I mean, you're probably looking at 2020 anyway. Uh, he did have 94 runs last year as well. So solid numbers, you know, solid across the board. Uh, so if you're looking for speed, yeah, he kind of fits the build. Yeah. Yeah. In mine, he went last pick around three. Okay. So he, he was on the board for me, and I passed. I took Olsen because I, I felt like I needed – I wanted a power bat there. I already have some speed from Robert and Betts, and I didn't want to start three outfielders either. It's okay. I, I've done that in the past, but it does you – know, there's some outfielders later that I like. Mm -hmm. um, so I used to do that a lot. I wouldn't care, but – I just felt Olsen was the better fit for the for the build in the first rounds. I wanted to get that big power bat. So then coming back around then in the uh, in the fifth, I was like, all right, I got to get myself that that second starter. Right. I got to You know, I, I want to make sure that I get it. Uh, and and Freddie Peralta was sitting there on the board and I was like, all right, comes back around to me in the fifth. I'm taking Freddie Peralta. I'm feeling good about it. Um, you know. If DeGrom doesn't give me the full season, uh, having Freddie Peralta is going to help, uh, you know, give a, a decent anchor to my rotation. But wouldn't you know it, Adam, where did Freddie Peralta go right before me? Yeah, so, that's the worst. Yeah. So. So I said, OK, fuck it. Can't have Freddie Peralta. And then who is sitting there on the board still? I mean, I didn't like any of the the starting pitchers that were there. You know, Logan Webb is already gone. Sandy Alcantara is gone. Giolito, Lance Lynn, Robbie Ray. They were all gone, right? So, you know, so you know the, the tier I'm looking at starting pitching. And I was like, you know, I could reach for one of these guys. All the, all the top closers also off the board. Like everybody went nuts over closers. Diaz and Presley off the board in the fourth round. Um and so I was like, I oh, and, and I'm looking. I'm like, yeah, I, I want some more speed. I want some more speed. 
I really genuinely thought that I could possibly wait a little bit on like guys like Marte and, and Chisholm, probably a mistake of the 15 rounder. But there I was just sitting there in the fifth round, Adam, looking at fucking Eloy Jimenez sitting there. And I know that I've got power with Soto and power with Olsen and I've got some pop with with a Rosarina. But, you know, I don't give a shit that that Eloy hit 243 last year when he came back. The fact of the matter is, is that this dude was supposed to be out for the season. Right. And and came back in late July. And he still put up 10 home runs and 37 RBI. And and he, you know, he struggled to, you know, really get find find his timing immediately. But the dude looked fantastic at some points. And now a whole full season of health. What you and I loved about Eloy Jimenez, I still love for him this year. I just couldn't pass him up in the uh, in the in the fifth round like this. I just I couldn't do it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he went in the middle of the fifth round of mine, too. If he made it back to me, I would definitely would have taken him. No doubt about it. So, yeah, we're getting a little bit of a discount on him. Last year, he was going in the third round. Obviously, he had the injury in the spring, and we didn't even think he would make it back. He did. But, yeah, I mean, the talent's there. It's a great lineup. So, uh, I'm definitely in on him because uh, we could see a a monster season from him, you know. And, um, you know, he he had that injury in the spring. I think you had the torn pack. So, I think you have to take that into account. But, um, you know, if he's fully healthy, I mean – we saw what he did a couple of years ago. I think he could get back to that level. Yeah. So what I have to do now is obviously look for starting pitching and, and speed. And that's that's kind of how I have to kind of work around this. Not not give up on players, but Soto, Olsen, Rosarina, and Eloy. I mean, that's, you know, I, I think 130 to 140 home runs is not out of the question just from those four. Yeah, no, you got the power base down. And again, it's a league with fab, so you could always plug a weakness. Um, Obviously, it's harder to find steals on the wire, but it's certainly possible. And we know saves are going to emerge. The key is just trying not to burn too much fab on it. And if you do, getting the right guy that does close. Yeah. Finding the right guy who closes. That's going to be we're tricky. all after those relievers, especially in a 15-team league. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be an interesting one indeed. I mean, I want to, you know, I want to go after, you know, find a closer, but I don't necessarily, like, I think with, when, when we're talking about guys like, um, I'm trying to think of, you know, some closers that we're looking at. The Corey Knables, um, even a guy like David Bednar off of Pittsburgh, um, Joe Barlow in Texas. Like these guys are, are are falling to the very end of drafts. And, you know, the funny thing is, is you kind of look at the team's bullpens right now. And, yeah, a lot of shit could change up after the lockout. But. You know, I'm looking at these late route, you know, these late guys. I mean, you know, do I want to try and get like a, you know, a, a guy out there who might, um, you know, be available? I, you know, I, I, there's there's really I mean, Mark Melanson. Right. Am I looking at like a like a like a Jordan Romano? 
Yeah, these, think, like, those those guys, think, they're, they're, not gonna, they're not going to fall. They're going to start to go in the seventh, eighth, ninth round. Yeah, like well. Romano. Yeah, oh, yeah, trust me. I mean, <laughs> look, look at the rent. Romano is ranked 89th. I'll grab one. I'll grab one. I don't right. care. Yeah. In the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning? Or, or ninth run? I like mean, ninth R- round? Romano is the closer now, but Toronto could go out and acquire someone. So that's the risk that you run here. Um, mm-hmm. And we're all guessing. Like, you know, uh, that uh, Knable, right? Yeah, he 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 is the guy right now. But what if Philadelphia goes out and signs Kenley Jansen or trades for Kimbrell? But yeah. we're all kind of dealing with that. And um, but that's also why you're seeing um, the hater Hendricks Iglesias go early because like, all right, well, they have the job. It's theirs. A couple of them obviously put up huge case. Uh, let me lock that in early. That's why it's happening. I'm not doing it, um, but I understand why people are doing it more so in draft champions. Again, this league is fab. So you have the ability to go out mm-hmm. and. Pick someone up off the waiver wire. Again, it's not going to be easy, and you do have to spend fab, but you have that ability. When you're talking about drafting whole draft champions, when you make no moves, you can't do it. So that's why those guys are going early. Like I said, I did a draft champions league. Josh Hader went seventh overall. Yeah, I mean that's to me that's crazy, but hey. And that's why I'm gonna I'm gonna attack starting pitching and speed before I start you know sweating the closers here. Like I don't I you know I just. Because it's fab and because we just we've seen there's so much volatility. There really is. And, you know, even like guys who are, who are you know, completely untouched, like nobody's going after Lou Trevino. Why? Because the A's could do something and, and have somebody else in there. We've seen how many committees pop up. But, you know, for, for drafting right now, if I can get Lou Trevino in the 24th round, I'll take Lou Trevino in the 24th round. And maybe cut him uh, early in the season. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. That's what makes him an easy cut, man. Right? I mean, yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna play the revolving door of saves, then you know, then it, then it's an easy cut. It really is. So, or you know, you just sit there and you and you you know, yeah, you look at it and you uh and you, and you handcuff late with middle relievers who have the potential of getting some saves. Yeah, it's not ideal, but to start your season off there. You know, until like some bullpens get more settled, if they uh, if there are kind of in flux, I'm okay with that because you know these middle relievers who I am dealing with here are probably helping me at least with my ratios, um, and you know some of them can uh, can augment some strikeouts. So if I'm doing that, if I'm dicking around like that for the first month of the season, eh, I'm okay with that. I'm yeah, okay with that. Of course, the season could just be a month long. We don't know. Oh yeah, that would be a disaster. <laughs> Sixty days of baseball. Oh no, thirty days of baseball. Thirty-one days of baseball. <laughs> That's what we're looking for. No All-Star game. We just play baseball in July, just for the month of July, and then we do the playoffs in August, uh, and then we're done by September, so that we can just all focus more on football. <laughs> Fantasy baseball in September is rough, man. Come on. It even is. You can admit mm-hmm. that. It is. Fuck. Oh, all right. Well, so on a scale of uh, one to 10, you're going to rate my team a 10, right? You're oh, yeah, definitely. Baseball? Beautiful. Because I was going to give you a four, but now that you just said 10 for me, I'm going to give you a 10 as well. Cool. I think you're crushing it through six rounds. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know why these guys are 
even wasting time. Just auto pick. It's over. <laughs> everybody like I love everybody's like posting like pictures of their team with like six or seven picks. I'm like, everybody's got a great team seven, six rounds through. Yeah. Talk to me in September when you guys are out of it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. All right. Good spot to close things out here. Get some good baseball talk in. Optimism for the season. I don't want your your gloom and doom, your mopey shit there. I mean, listen, you want to you wanna say I'm being a dick because I don't give a shit if the players get theirs right now? I just want my baseball. And I'm going uh, to be super selfish about it, Adam. It's all about me, isn't it? Yes. See? There you go. There you go. As long as everybody understands that it's all about Bender, I think we're good to go. As a matter of fact, there we go. We should just hashtag that all about Bender and uh, and just be happy with it. We'll get that trending on uh, on you know Twitter and Jimmy Fallon will be all in it and we'll be psyched. Um, but that's going to do it for us here on Anti Up. Adam, as always, a pleasure to talk to you. Um, maybe we'll uh, we'll talk some uh, some hoops tomorrow. Uh, if you got some good betting for us for uh, for for props and shit like that, how about that? Sure, sure. Why not? We'll see. But in the meantime, that's gonna do it for us here on the Andy Up Podcast. Thank you so much for liking and subscribing. For Adam Rodas, I'm Howard Bender, and we'll catch you next time.